Hello everybody, welcome to Throllers. Uh, I'm joined over the phone by both uh, Daz and Chris Ronalds. How you doing boys? Awesome, hello everyone. G'day Daz. Probably should Hi. introduce Hi. you one at a time, sorry about that. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, hey, Chris is your co-host, isn't he? What are you up to? Why are you going to sell him short like... <laughs> <laughs> We're all co Everyone's a co-host of uh, Throllers. <laughs> Yeah, Ash, Ash is our silent co-host. He, he, Ash has made more appearances than me. <laughs> yeah. We don't, um, we try not to give him too much airtime because he's much better at it than we are, so. <laughs> yeah, play it smart. <laughs> we don't want to lose our jobs. <laughs> well, he um, well, he's, he's pretty well versed on the mic, isn't he? He's pretty clean cut. He Good is. experience there, you can tell. No, he goes well and his voice projects. At the moment, I don't even really have a voice because I'm still a bit cooked from the weekend and smashing pumpkins last night, so. Yeah, butternuts or kents? <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> what did the pumpkins do to you? <laughs> entertain me. They entertained me is what they did. <laughs> well, um, Dazza and I, we were at the Vic Open this weekend. Uh, Chris, not so much. Well, you were down for a day, Chris. Yeah, I was there in spirit. For any, every moment that I wasn't there, it consumed it consumed my entire weekend. Yeah. Probably more so than when I was playing. <laughs> probably. Did see you, you lighten you up. Probably actually paid, you probably paid more attention to it than I did because I was up there with my kids when I wasn't playing. So. Yeah. No. I, uh, yeah, it was an early start, 8 a.m. The first cards were getting off and, you know, not until, you know, closer to, what, 4 p.m. with the last cards rolling in. That's a, a lot of PDJ Live was being consumed. Big day. Hell yeah. Yeah. Big day. I wasn't getting up till about 8 a.m., so I'm playing a bit of basketball at the university. Beautiful. <laughs> well, we had a lot yeah, going. Uh, yeah. How was the uh, uni accommodation? It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Very good. We ended up having a fire pit one night. Um, turns out they got some fire pits around, so we got some firewood and got that going and playing tunes and poker and table tennis, the whole shebang. Um, no, it was great. B-ball, a couple mornings. Uh, Tony and myself actually uh, touched up the SA boys. And then uh, me and one of the SA boys gave Ryan Deere and his little friend a little spanking as well. So uh, Beautiful. He might, be, he might be better than me at disc golf, but he's going to stay in his lane when it comes to B-ball. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> After we do our Discord podcast and we start a footy podcast to talk about how good the Saints are, third in line can be a basketball podcast. Love it. Sounds so good. <laughs> well, uh, one thing you would have seen when you were watching those early rounds, Chris, was the juniors. Yes, yes. The MJ15 um, division with uh, a couple of the local Melbourne boys, Maddie yeah, and yeah. Tobias and Owen and Lucas. Exactly. I uh, got the yeah. Had the Webbers in there. He had Owen and Maddie Pearsall as well. And obviously, we know Maddie's had um, a pretty good start to the year. And then we had uh, yeah, made it, making up the numbers there. We had uh, a young Don Carter who has been getting many mentions on throwers uh, through our attendance to Ballarat League days. Yeah, he just um, keeps impressing. Yeah, yeah. So we're keen to kind of see how that sh- uh, shook out. I've just got up the live scores in front of me. Um, and I remember this unfolding at the time, and it might have ended up in one of our group chats. Um, Don Carter, like we all know, uh, we all know at uh, Ballarat on the layout that we had that it was survive the front nine, score the back nine. Yeah. Now, if Don was an avid listener of our podcast, he would have got that advice, and he may have he may have listened to that advice. But for round one, he kind of didn't seem to follow that guidance, yeah. and he went. He went even for the front nine. Wow. Now, I've only played that course once. I was plus three through the front nine. <laughs> um, so I just thought, what is going on here? How are you even after nine holes? Like, wow. just t- tearing it up. Gets the whole ten. Um, you know, um, again, I only played the course once, but ten. Ten, I, ten played more difficult over the weekend than I anticipated. I thought it was a very, score, very scorable hole. Yeah. Uh, Don, not so much. He, he took an eight. Oofed. Took a snowman and went from even to five over in a blink. Oofed. Um, and then it all shook out to be um, 11 over in the end, round one. And um, Maddie finished round one with a three-stroke lead with his plus eight. Yep. 
Yep, looking all pretty standard. Matty Pearce ready to just light up the division again. Um, and then Don um, <laughs> shot an even round two. Even. Uh, even round two with five birdies. Killed me. Did a lot better than I did. Yep. Even round two with five birdies. Outrageous. Took a tri- tri- triple bogey on hole seven. Incredible. Uh, which hurt him. But, um, yeah, he goes into the final round with a five-stroke lead. Um, and he stretched that out to seven strokes and took out the W. Well done, Don. Yeah. I have to imagine probably his – it'd have to be his first win. Um, and I, first of many. It has, it has to be said. Like, he's gone even around that circuit. It has to be first of many. That's amazing. No, 100%. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure, Chris. You were my caddy, but I think I might have gone even on day two as well. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not, definitely not playing in the juniors. It didn't feel great, but uh, it can happen to anyone. So uh, it, that, that's pretty awesome scoring like from a junior. It's pretty wild. Under 15, uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. He, he would have been. I was checking on, I was checking on, checking on him on day one as well. And I, it just like it didn't look. It looked like a typo initially. The uh, going from even par to getting to being five over in one hole. <laughs> but um, even, even like the rest, the mid, the rest of that second half of the round, like he, he chopped a few strokes on, but he parred a few tough holes in the middle of it still as well. Like he was still going good. Yeah. Wild. Awesome shooting. No, hundred percent. He would have been one stroke off of winning MA four. And uh, he's top 10 in MA3, just a couple behind James Honeyman. So um, watch out, guys, because, yeah, in a couple of years, he's going to be destroying them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was very impressed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there has to be – we have to go into a dormant period in regards to Ballarat hosting tournaments. Well, I have to hope so because that will just become his stomping ground and he'll just – He'll, yeah, he'll take he'll take take scalps for sure. Nah, for sure. So, I was trying to run my eye over the MA four division, and I don't know who that is. Who's Josh Hiles? Anyone know? He's a he's a Melbourne member. Oh, there you I know, go. Yeah. I know he's a Melbourne you member. Should ask, you should ask, ask your dad. Yeah, should do. <laughs> should, have had, should have had Jeff on instead of me. He'd have some intel. <laughs> should do. <laughs> PDGA two hundred and eight thousand, um, which which means he's been a member. It means he's been a member for a little while. Like he actually went and played the um, Oz Champs down in Inverley. Oh wow! Okay, well there you go. Um, uh, let it hang on. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's done like a Bergs event. Um, but yeah, he's this. You know, PJ tells me he's from Hawthorne. He's definitely a Melbourne member. Um, and first. Must have been first event for the year. Yeah, absolutely, his first event for the year, and uh, took it out comfortably. Yeah, easy, love just, that. Uh, just, just a lazy like nearly sixty points above his rating average for, for the sh- weekend as well. For sure. Yeah, Andy. Yeah. Now, nah, for I sure. Say, I say he took it out comfortably. Like in the end, he got it. He got it done by one stroke. But that's that pretty comfortable in MA well, in MA four. Yeah, he, he was. He gave away <laughs> five strokes in the final round. Oof. Um so, like, he kind of, I don't know what that looked like, but he, he had a few to play with is all I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, comfortable is the MA3 winner, Leo Dykes. He, seven strokes clear, finished one down for the event, and I have it on good authority that he had signed up to MA4 originally, I think because it's his first tournament. But someone got a glimpse at his metrics rating or someone had told him that he'd been playing really well or something like that and was generally encouraged to move up. And, um, yeah, why not? Just getting it done. That's incredible. It took, it took yeah, the so, W anyway. Yeah, so I was, after two rounds, he was like a mid-pack MPO score. He was leading, he was leading pretty much nearly all amateurs. Like and go through all the amateur scores, he was second or third best out of all AMs, and yeah, mid pack MPO after two rounds. So, so yeah, started pretty good scoring. Yeah, he went minus three, minus three. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Bogey free round one. Bogey free round one. Just three birdies on the back stretch. Crazy. Awesome. This this is why. Like, this is a great example of why it sucks to play MA3. 
because there's always just like some guy that's like, oh, I started playing the other week. Um, <laughs> see how I go at this tournament. And then they absolutely destroy him. Like second place was plus six, third plus eight. And it goes to plus 13 for Riley Sanders at fourth, who is a local and can throw a million. And yeah. he got rolled by 14 strokes. Uh, pretty sure he finished the entire weekend as the uh, only eagle on 18. I don't think it got eagled again. Did anyone hear of any other eagles on 18? No, I didn't. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so the kid can bomb. Did, uh, I did get to watch him throw a live shot on 18, maybe in his final round. He threw it uh, OB long past <laughs> the basket. Yeah. Out the back. Out the back of the fairway. Like, pretty good, pretty good rip. It's pretty gross. Good rip there. <laughs> Pretty yeah. good rip. Just a lazy 200 in the air. <laughs> uh, another name that I've spotted that I, I'm impressed with is our man Brett Zebel. Tuesday night's own. Uh, he ended up in uh, fifth place. I mean, let's face it. The Tuesday night doubles is a breeding ground for successful disc golfers now. That's um, true. It's just they're coming out of the woodwork. You can't go to the Tuesday night and not shoot 18 under and expect to win. Yeah. It's uh, it's a hotbed. It's a real Melbourne hotbed. I'm now I now only practice putt blindfolded. <laughs> it's had so much success for the Tuesday night crew. I just blindfold myself now and just practice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think that there's so much smack talk on Tuesday nights as well that like when it's not happening while you're putting, you just feel so relaxed, so at peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no one's going to tell me I'm going to miss this. Oh, it's easy. <laughs> That's good. Well, well done to Brett and the rest of the Tuesday night crew. In- so we've got a couple of wins in there for the Eagles already. We yeah. only just started and there's a few wins in there already for the Eagles. Oh, yeah. We love these lower divisions. <laughs> yeah. After that's where it gets a bit squirrely. <laughs> well, um, Anita Weber had a crack but couldn't get it done over Georgia Carroll, who I don't think, I'm double-checking now, but I don't think is a, is an eagle. Oh. Uh, Castle, Maine. Castle Maine. Victorian, but uh, yeah. probably, not a, probably not an eagle. No, exactly. But, uh, yeah, nice, nice showing there by Anita, so that's all right. I feel like she's recently moved up. From yes. And uh, what else we got? So the MA2... The MA2 got a pretty good spotlight for our last episode. I was lucky enough to be staying with Chris Scott and managed to do a nice little interview with him before and after rounds to get into his mind. Uh, he really let us down in the first round. Come on, Chris. But did plenty to bring it back, and he ended up in fourth. If you haven't listened to that one yet, check it out. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he dropped me a message saying that it was actually the pressure of the of being the prestigious, uh, you know, uh, invitee on the podcast that actually hurt him round one. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, there you go. <laughs> I might have to uh, next tournament. I'll have to keep that in mind and invite someone in my own division. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Pat Graham, too good, which not yeah, really too- a surprise. I think there was sort of four front runners, but. At the end of the day, I think everyone kind of thought it was going to be Pat. Yeah. So there we go. We've got a couple of locals taking out divisions and a couple of Eagles taking out divisions. That's good to see. No South Australians yet, which is a big positive. I mean, I'm sure um, it'd be remiss of us not to mention as well, uh, the one and only ace of the tournament went to a uh, participant of the MA2 division. Uh, Phil Morgan managed to jag the ace with, a, I believe, a skip sidearm on 17. Um, and he he went 30 ace par. So he went three under for 17 for the weekend. I challenge you to find anyone else in any division that's gone three under on 17 for the weekend. The even M-19. the MPO boys. Yeah, even the MPO boys were who got to have three cracks of it. I don't think you'll find that any of them went three under for 17. Nah, no chance. I was uh, uh, par, uh, par, par. How'd you go on 17, Daz? It's, it's a tricky hole. Um, I actually think I parred it four times, which is boring. I know, I'm really sorry. Uh, I did have, I, I had two birdie looks, but I think I missed them both. So, yeah, four pars. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. A good cage hit on uh, round three from about circle three and a half, though. That was probably pretty awesome. Felt good. So. <laughs> circle three and a half. <laughs> I like That's that. Right. It's right. I was as far, almost as far as Tazzy, basically. So. <laughs> but no, that's a good point by you, Chris. It's an incredible ace. I'm, yeah, Phil seems to find ways to ace very difficult holes. So good on you there, Phil. Um, I did see one thing though that we need to talk about. Uh, I understand Phil got an ace on seventeen, which is two under par, I believe, on a scorecard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What happened on the net? What happened on the next hole? I believe very, he, I believe he went very, too over very par. Very serviceable, uh, par four, very very parable, certainly fairly birdieable. Oh yeah. Uh, you can't you can't take two off the off the course and then give them straight back on the next hole. That's no. not how golf works. Apparently, apparently on, you can. St- stats would say that that hole eighteen would be one of the easiest holes on the course. Um, and yeah, he, he might have tried to ace that one as well. Just go for two in a row. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only way I can explain it. Uh, word on the street, I think, was it was a uh, blown up shot that went past the basket into the OB. That'll do it twice. Uh, I don't know. That maybe uh, maybe that was the third shot in. Not sure. Uh, fair enough. But carry on, Phil. Nice ace. <laughs> <laughs> nice ace. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Seb was hot too. They, uh, him and Phil finished equal second and went to a playoff. Um, I think Phil won it. I actually didn't get the full story on that, but uh, I was talking to someone about it, and Seb was just on the ground. I didn't realize, and uh, he made a he made a comment about how it should have gone longer in a tone that su- that suggested that he's the reason it didn't go longer. So. <laughs> Um, so Why for, did they have a plan for second place? Uh, it's a good question. Trophy? Was there probably a trophy? Yeah, there was a trophy, but um, I don't know. Normally, you just let people figure that out amongst themselves. But uh, yeah, Maddie was doing Fair a few enough. playoffs for things like that. So, oh yeah. But yeah, a lot Fair of uh, a lot of the MA2s did really well for the Melbourne boys. Chris Scott was up there. Brennan, Austin, Austin was actually playing real hot, and then. Um, yeah, and not as hot final round. Sort of let him down, took him out of contention. Sam Barnett was up there. Stoyer was around. So, yeah, good good division for the for the Melbourne boys there, mate, too. 100%. That's our, that's our stomping ground. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the MA50, which is normally a, a decent division for the, for the Melbourne boys as well, was in a bit of a tr- bit of trouble... But John Cranston, uh, not a doubt. And we're, we're just going to adopt him, I think. He comes to enough Melbourne things. I think he's a Ballarat guy, but we love him, so he's just going to get adopted. Yeah, he'd be a member, I reckon, to Melbourne. But, yeah, um, yeah Ararat um, got it done by five strokes. Yeah, no, too good. Over, uh, yeah, Dan Hartley and Nick Hall. Nick Hall can sling. He, I th- he looks like he's 700 years old, but he can play. <laughs> and uh, Dan Hartley yeah, just a solid just a solid event for John too like he played above rating average by like 20 something on points as well I think I saw so he's done uh, he's done bits he was part of the crew that was helping out with the tournament stuff as well so he was doing a lot of pack up on the practice day instead of doing uh, a lot of set up on the practice day instead of doing practice rounds so yeah good job good job there by John what do we got? The MA40s. Our boy Tony was trying. Oh, our boy Tony was trying. He was staying with me at the accommodation. And, um, yeah, I think the second round really let him down. He went 62, yep. 68, 61. And lost to a stroke by Pody. But, um, yeah, some pretty decent disc golf by Tony. And uh, I don't know if it was... Uh, this might have helped or hindered, but... You would have seen all the the giant mushrooms round on the course, yeah, Daza. Yes. Well, there was also some little mushrooms around on the course that. Uh, <laughs> that Everyone's about. favorite botanist, uh, Divold, was yeah. uh, just testing out the uh, the local cuisine. I He's, think exactly. He was uh, finding the good porta <laughs> the good portobellos and. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Tony. The fun guy doesn't love mind a bit of fun guy. You love to see it. Yeah, exactly. You do love to see it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well done to Lukey Pote, though. We like Luke Pote. He's a nice guy. And both, both of uh, like all three of the top three in that division had a had a pretty scorching final round. They all uh, Luke was even, Tony was one over, Tom Lee Thompson was two over, and then it's like a ten shot drop till fourth yeah. on that last round. So they, they those three definitely uh, had a good one, had a heater to finish. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I actually think Ryan Nicholson was leading the division going into the final round. I think he was, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so just to watch to watch those three sort of uh, rise up, I guess was is pretty cool. So good good final rounds from all three of them. Nah, for sure. Do love that good spot by you. Yeah, that is good. Back to uh, another eagle victory. We have got Haley Cooperada taking out the FA one handily, not even close. Yeah, right. round what? What is she shooting round one again? Plus three. Plus three. Yep. Just a cool. Where's the right, Just a cool. Let me do the maths here. Sixty-three rating points above her rating. Big. Um, her, her round one. The event ended up being about twenty points above, but round one was huge. Yes. Awesome. Did all her work there and didn't really need to do much else for the rest. Comfortable V two. Yeah, it's probably worth mentioning um, that I take full credit for that win as well, um, <laughs> as. Um, her coach, prolonged period of time, um, trans- transformative coach, um, just hit me up if you want to want to win divisions, guys. It's as easy as that. <laughs> yep, it's as easy as that. Where, 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 where do I sign up? <laughs> um, you just got to. There's a waiting list. I'll send you the. De- I'll send you the details. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, All right, MA1, Alan, you you got to do the MA1 recap. Oh, yeah, so this was quite interesting. We we had a camera crew following around the feature card round one and the lead card for the round two and three, which was cool, the Park Media guys. Very different change of pace for us MA1 chumps. So that was pretty exciting. I was fortunate enough to have it on my card. I was the feature card. Yeah. Round two or round three? For round one. So. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I actually played some of the best disc golf I've played in a while, so I'm, I'm quite happy and looking forward to the to the coverage. I was one down for the, for the first round, and I've never even gone under on the normal blue layout, let alone the harder version. So, um, good shit, good it, shit. Yeah, it was about as good as I could yeah, do. But- and I had a, had a 12-meter birdie putt on 18 that you guys will see when the coverage comes and I laid up because <laughs> I I guess I didn't really pay attention to, to look that I could possibly make lead card if I hit it I was just more looking that if I missed it and then went OB that I wouldn't be able to play on chase card with my boy Mark Hardy and I just wasn't worth it for me so I laid up to take the par and consolidated under par round and uh, it didn't work very well for me because I went plus 4 plus 3 after that um, <laughs> I think uh, I might have got in my own head all of a sudden had these delusions of grandeur I was like oh if I just play a little bit better on the, I'll be on the lead card and reality was oh yeah but if you play a little bit more like you then you'll probably drop out of the top 10 <laughs> so I was close I think I was right in the 10, 11, 12 for most of the final round Um and managed to just sneak into a, a tie for 10th with my man, Mikey Hare, who came in hot with a neg four or something on the final round to sneak up. Uh, birdie on hole 18 uh, made sure I got in. I had a like a nine-meter birdie putt, and I was pretty unhappy with my round. I walked up to my disc, and I was like, just do one thing. Just do one thing for today, please. Like, Don't be so shit you can't hit one putt. Um, and that pep talk did it. Uh, <laughs> so I was happy with that, but no one really cares about that because Blake Nichols got it done from Chase Card. From Chase Card, Simon Lazotted it. Yeah, he was. Uh, what was he? He was in the second card with me on day two, and he had a pretty hot round. I think. Uh, I think he was an even first day. 
and then he went neg three on the second day. And I think he I think he went minus two minus one. Okay, even better then. He went. <laughs> yeah, he went, went minus two, minus one. He was minus three after two rounds. Yeah, that makes more sense, especially when you look at the scores. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he did that, and I think uh, he he was tied with a few of the boys that were on the chase card, so he was kind of waiting for them to hopefully miss putts on the last hole, but uh, I think they might have star-framed it. So he ended up just missing out on chase card, but put in a neg seven final round and just couldn't be caught. Marcus yeah, Marcus was neg nine with one to play uh, for the event, sorry, with one to play and just full balls up hole 18. Uh, it was hard to tell from the tee. Like, I feel like he didn't go for it. I feel like he was trying to play the normal route, but pushed it too straight, hit the trees, went OB, and that was it. So, yeah, after that, all everyone from South Australia that always does well in MA1, we're all pretty good there. And, um, yeah, not much else to show for that. Matthias was the only Melbourne boy besides, yeah, that was uh, close. The pretty big drop-off after him to Mikey and myself. And then, yeah. So pretty much Mike, dom- dominated by the Mike, LA crew. Mikey was an underperformer for the weekend. Yeah, probably. He's I, still shook. He's, I think he's still shook from his losses at the Battle of the Burbs. Could like, be. I don't know if he'll ever recover. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. Could, could be, be that. that. I mean, his, it's... He tied, but it's his, you might as well pencil it down as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he finished uh, the Matt, same, yeah. I was just going to say, he went minus four in the last round to finish plus six. Like, it kind of tells the whole story. Nah, exactly. He's plus ten after two rounds, um, and then just chalks up a minus four. Um, you know, three minus fours gets you a pretty comfortable win. Yeah, I played with him um, in the first round, and... He was driving horrendously. All his throws were terrible, but he was putting great. So it sort of kept him from having a disaster around. I'm not sure what happened in the second, but uh, in the third, he must have put it all together because neg four is pretty hot. Yeah. Um, so so just I was just looking through all the scores. Blake's neg seven is two shots clear as the hot round of the weekend for MA1. That is incorrect, um, my friend. But, uh, one other guy did do that as well. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gleese. Yeah. But, um, just looking at his his scorecard, I found a little nugget in there as well. He did eagle 18 oh, finish yeah. his round. Oh, yeah. Oh, three. So there, there's a Wesley sniped eagle that we didn't hear about, but uh, there was one other one on the weekend. No, you were right. I should have remembered that. I played with Gleesey in the first round, and he hadn't seen the – well, he played the course last year. We hadn't seen any of the new layouts, and I don't know. He was just in a weird mood. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, we'll see, we'll try this. And a lot of stuff wasn't panning out, and then he had a. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had a worse second round, and then yeah, somehow pulls out a neg seven on the final round. Like disgusting, clean. Yeah, well. yeah. He he went uh, four over, eleven over, negative seven. Oh. Very consistent. <laughs> He's a he's a he's a man after my own heart, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he's wild. Uh, love a bit of a roller coaster. One of the highest rated guys in the division, so uh, definitely, I definitely had more expected more from him. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Gleese, Gleese does Gleese things. That's real MA one behavior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Glenn Maisie, big letdown of the weekend. Uh, way way down there in twenty first. Glenn, you know why I'm mad at you. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, no, 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 not too many other storylines out of that. Uh, MP- uh, M- yeah, sorry, go for Chris. Yeah, I was going to say, Provisions, let's go. Well, MP40 comes up next for me. And unfortunately, Rube had to pull out with a couple of rounds to go because he was a thousand ahead and no one was going to catch him. But just a lazy nine eight two rated round one by Ruben. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I was left for Chris Hart, Gustales, and yeah, that was about it really to battle each other out. And Papa Hart, too consistent. Yeah, so I feel like we went eagles, eagles, eagles early days when we we're calling out winners, and we've since gone dragons, dragon, dragons. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, 
we'll go in ascending order next time. Yeah, exactly. So we <laughs> so we finished strong. <laughs> but yeah, Chris Hart, he only moved up into MP40 so that he could play four rounds. And uh, yeah, it turned out to be a nice little win for him. So well done there, Christos. And uh, speaking of nice little wins, Sarah Lee. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this. Yeah. She absolutely. What was the aver- Sorry. Average in the end, uh, the event average in the end, uh, 9.35, a cool 42 above. But, um, yeah, as discussed, we there was, what, two rounds there in the middle that were 9.65 and 9.61. Yeah, neg three and neg four in the, the two of the windier days you know, of the four. It was incredible. I, uh, awesome. Yeah. No, nah, she was amazing. I still haven't checked out the so final I, coverage yet. I've got to check that out. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I, 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 liked, I loved watching the girls play. It was, it was awesome to see the coverage. I wish we got to see some of her other rounds of the weekend. Mm. Um, it would have been it would have been cool to be a fly on the wall in that round two or round three. I think round two personally was probably the hardest conditions that the pros played in. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the, the toughest win day. So to shoot three down on that day is pretty pretty extraordinary. I mean, the, the neg four is no different, but I actually feel like it was harder on day three on day two. The ratings so, um, the ratings would suggest that as well. Yeah, um, and just like. To put it in perspective for everyone who's listening, those are two of probably the three highest all-time ever Australian women's rounds that she put out. So, um, pretty extraordinary stuff to see from Sarah. A hundred percent. I feel like I caught you at hole 18 on round three and uh, was having a bit of a yarn with you, Daz, and said something about Sarah's hot round again. And you're like, oh, cool, what's she shoot? And I go, neg four. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. You're like, I was really hoping I might be able to beat her today, but <laughs> I think you were on neg four as well and had a dicey upshot. So. Nah, I think I had to birdie hole 18 to tie her, if I'm being honest. Like, oh. I, was, I, had to sit, I had to sit on the 18th tee for 15 minutes of like four cards of blood back up and then get a birdie so that I was not going to lose to Sarah again in two rounds. <laughs> <laughs> so she's playing good. It was awesome to see. Well done, Sarah. Um, yeah, I, was, I got to travel with her in, in Croatia and yeah, she can play. She can play. So awesome to see her put it all together. For sure. So open division, Daza, what will we dealing with? Um, I mean, we, as in me, and we, as in the good players, we're probably dealing with two different things. But um, it seems like there was a bit of a smorgasbord of birdies for some guys, and uh, I was I was scraping the pan to try and get mine. So, um, but all in all, I think it, it sort of played out the way we were expecting. If you sort of pumped in the the top rated guys and put it in order, it almost shook out that way. There's only a few maybe that kind of. Um, play a little bit outside their their abilities in that regard. Yeah, um, Tim B was yeah, really the only one that upset the apple cart. A little bit, yeah. But apart from that, and and like you know, looking at this list as well, Tim Tim and Patty would I guess have the most experience on the Ballarat course, so they might be able to find a few strokes uh, based on that. But um, yeah, I mean, Luke Luke came in top rated player in Australia. At the moment, uh, and definitely did what top-rated players in Australia do, and shot an average that was he actually Chris Ronalds did, Mister Consistent, and averaged his exact rating through the weekend, which is kind of weird. It's wild, um, but also his rating's quite good, so he should be pleased. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, he 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 had it under control. Uh, I think if I'm looking back and remembering right, it was sort of round three that he really took took hold of the event. Um, I think he shot 11 under par on round three, and the next best was neg five. So he took six shots off the field on round three, um, or six shots at least off the field. Yeah. There was no one else that was anywhere. So 
six six plus some as you go down the list um austin was in second going into that but had a real quiet round three and that just sort of put it on ice a bit to be honest to be going into the last day with like a nine shot lead on an 18 hole course you must be you'd have to really really make some some costly mistakes to get to drop out of the out of the uh, lead from there so yeah I, um, I would have been a pretty good chance at defending luke's lead i reckon <laughs> I think so. so. I think I think like honestly, just if you if you can if you can realistically go and play, he could have played every every hole for. He doesn't need to, but he could play every hole for par, and still probably get it done. Um, <laughs> like so, but um, the the round four, which you know people would have seen the live coverage. Um, I watched it yesterday. Um, a awesome, B great job, Alan and Maddie who did the commentary. Um, see great job Oscar and Ash who were on cameras because they, they did a pretty good job of getting in the right spots to see some pretty hectic shots from um, from the boys especially maybe Blake uh, probably takes the cake for Lucis Rooster on the field on the uh, last day She's throwing some monsters yeah um, for sure and uh, and then yeah the, the, the play itself was awesome like it was great to see like Bainey played a great round. Austin had a sensational round, really. When you look at when he broke it down, his like his driving was pretty wild for the first about 12, 13 holes. He didn't it didn't seem like he missed a green, um, like for that for those many holes, and he was canning most of his putts as well. So, um, yeah, just awesome, awesome play by these guys. That whole group of four, like they all scored pretty well on the last day and uh, put on a good show. So good on you, boys. Yeah, that was amazing. And, oh, yeah, Blake, what was the, the roller he threw on? What would that be? That would be normal hole, like, 11? Normal 10. Normal 10? Normal 10. Yeah, so the, I guess the, that'll be the fifth hole we play on this on this weekend, I believe. Yeah, and then uh, that, uh, what's the, the par 4 after, the like, the tunnel par 4, the one where you play out of the woods and off to the left? Yeah, that's hole, se- that's hole 7. Yeah, so... That tee shot, I've never seen anyone throw the shot he threw on that on that hole. I've never seen anyone throw that line before. Yeah, when I was cutting for Daz, the um, round two, Daz laid down a pretty sick uh, lefty roller with a pecker pecker, um, and he got on it, got on a good edge, and um, yeah, travelled some travelled some distance and curled up around that tree, and we were all like stoked, like Daz was. 40 yards in front of the next best on his card on that drive. And then Blake in the final round just, like, blasts past that tree in the air. It was just mind-boggling. Incredible. And like Dad says, I've never seen anyone try it. Like, no, I've never seen anyone look at that and go, oh, just straight 130. And then have I think it's probably more like one... It's probably more like 140, and it's like a 140 straight hyzer. Like, it's... It's not an easy shot to throw, and he's like, that's, yeah, it's probably traveling 155 meters, but it's going around a big tree and out a gap of trees to start with as well. So, pretty, pretty wild stuff. I like, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> I just, I just want to add to Daz's list of like well dones. Well done to whoever the random guy in Benigo pressing buttons is as well. Oh yeah. Um, does, I don't. It, it's elusive. I don't know if anyone knows who this person is, but he also did the the graphics overlay, um, yeah. and just the production was awesome. The production was phenomenal. Like absolutely leveled up. Like Vic, we always know Victorian levels up disc golf in this nation, and uh, there we go again. That was just an absolute level up by um, Maddie Hill and all involved. I was so impressed. So, like I said, uh, like Daz mentioned, I was doing the. Commentary and yeah, we stepped into the booth there, and I think they had some stuff set up for doing it through you know four G or five G or whatever. And the reception was just a little bit spotty, so we had one of those Starlink satellites that um, you can just pop up anywhere, and that was the backup because they were like, "Nah, we don't want to risk it. We want to. This needs to be high quality." So they had that going, and then yeah, he. It all got beamed over to him. Uh, he has like a production company. Can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but he's a professional outfit. And they had 
I think they had an automatic setup. So I know Sam Stoyer was doing scores and he would punch scores in and that would just automatic like in his phone and it would automatically update the graphics. So, and then he was, there was replays every once in a while. Like sometimes I was laughing so much at a Blake drive and then all of a sudden another replay would go. And it's because I guess he'd just seen us laughing and going, oh, maybe I'll chop that and play it again. He was just doing all that live and it's incredible. He was really easy to work with as well. He was talking to us throughout the round. Um, yeah, I can't recommend it more highly. And yeah, the product was amazing. So yeah, definitely well done, Matt. Well done to uh, Tofa, his name was, Christopher. Thank um, you. Yeah. No, the whole setup was incredible. I was yeah, very fortunate to be a part of it. Um, um, uh, Dad, yeah. tell us a little, like, take us inside. You know, obviously we had the Chris Scott uh, potty, but I'd like you to kind of just, like, take us in your head for a bit of the weekend and, um, you know, what were you happy with? What what did you leave out there? Um, how, yeah, how did you see it from your perspective? Um, yeah, like... Uh now that it's finished, I'm 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 okay with how it went on my end. Um, uh, so, oh, sorry. Like, if if you mean the event itself on the whole, it was awesome. Like, that was probably the the best Australian event I've ever played in. Um, sometimes less is more when it comes to TD interaction. Matty's Matt Hill is a bit more of like a hands off TD. He'll let like he'll have things ready and then just. If, if there's no dramas, it's like, let's go. Everyone can do their own thing. You're like, um, he doesn't, he doesn't really spoon feed everyone, if that makes sense. Um, but I think all in all, the event itself was sensational. I think to run 200 people through a course, not really have any backups, not really have too many slow, slow days. Like, yeah, he's, he's done really well. Like the design flowed well. It was a good variety of holes. All, all the changed holes I really enjoyed as well. I, like I hadn't played them till, I got up there for the weekend, but they were they were a lot of fun. Like that's some of them had really clever little um, little greens and stuff to to test. Um, and yeah, so again, I've said it to Matt personally already, but I'll say it on the podcast because you got thousands of listeners. Correct. Great event, Matt Hill. Correct. I um, no, but I guess um, well said. I guess meant I guess meant your game though. So tell us tell us about your game for the weekend. Okay. Um, I, I went into this event. <laughs> I, I had in my head, uh, and I think Chris, you and I had talked a bit, like five under to six under per round was probably going to get you onto a lead card is what we sort of imagined. Um, and that played out to be exactly the case. That would have actually been a podium finish. If you shot six under four rounds in a row, you were on the podium. Um, no one could really do it. Um, some guys were higher some guys were lower obviously like some guys like me um but um yeah if, if you could do like to go out there and just hit six for four rounds straight would have got you on the podium so um i that went in with that as a goal and uh did it once out of four so that that part's a little bit upsetting but um i did still have a lot of fun on the weekend um shaky first round Terrible second round. Uh, third round, I was pretty pleased with. I was throwing the disc super well, actually, on round three and not putting all that well. Um, I did a little bit of quick math after, and that made me way sadder, is that I missed, like, seven C1 putts in in my round. Um, so if I could clean them up, <laughs> a few more of them, uh, I would have actually shot pretty well on the third round. Um, round four, I was not throwing the disc as well um but it scored a little bit better um just tried to i did cash a few good like deep c1 putts and just uh kept the last two rounds i kind of kept a pretty, pretty clean sheet i think i had one bogey in two rounds to, to, to finish so um sort of put more more green numbers on than, than gray ones in the last couple of rounds so that helped a bit um I had, a, I had a real fun round four card played with Ryan Hart, who actually shot a um, neg nine. Shot nine under, yeah, nine under. And um, him and I were like, we were sort of duking it out back and forth for about thirteen holes. And then all of a sudden, he just was like, "I'm just going to birdie seven of the last eight holes, if that's cool <laughs> with you, Daz." And I said, "I said, please don't. I don't want you to." And he, but he did it anyway. So 
Um, it was it was awesome to watch. Like he's, I think he shot seven under on the back nine. He did, um, which is which is doable. Which is of course doable. Like those holes are scorable, but you gotta you gotta do them. You know what I mean? Um, I know we can all say that we can birdie them all, but I think I birdied three of the last seven, and he birdied like six of the last seven. So he went from yeah being a couple shots behind me to finishing a couple in front of me on the day. Um, he he was and he was pinning them to was hitting hitting bullseyes. So. Either hitting the bullseyes or hitting twelve meter putts when he was when he like even if he missed the circle he's still jagging so um, he played well. Um, I do have one, just one bit. We got to talk about it. Um, <laughs> like he throws a pretty big, he throws a pretty big disc. Uh, he's a pretty powerful little fella, but like there was one hole. I think it would be um, hole sixteen. So coming home, that's normal hole three. Yep. Um, playing to the blue pin. Uh, he he threw a full speed driver on that hole. Um, he's like he's throwing putters on on normal hole eighteen, but he threw a full speed driver on um, on hole three, so sixteen. And I just had to tell him, nah, look, I'm, it's a putter hole, and um, I just put a putter into the circle right right next to his driver. So um, <laughs> it had it had to be done. Like you know, I just had to tell you know, let him know that. Like old guys can throw far too. Um, you don't have to always throw the high speed stuff, Ryan. So <laughs> very nice. Oh, that sounds good. Well, we got. Uh, should we do some spotlight knowledge, or do you want to talk about the tipping, Chris? Um. Oh, look, the tipping. I think's just. Just know, like, listen, podcast listeners need to know that you're definitely cooking up something, and I think what you're cooking up, there's, uh, there's a lot of fun to be had. All right, sounds um, good. Well, we're doing, uh, yeah, working on, for anyone listening, we're working on a, uh, like, a tipping comp for the Australian tour. Uh, i got a small, dedicated group to help me out, and, yeah, we're coming up with some some cool ideas, some, maybe a bit of a Grip 6 rip-off mixed with some other stuff, um, and... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We might have to tweak the format throughout the year, but next year we'll have something pretty hot for you guys to come up with. Um, that might be the reason I'm mad at uh, Glenn Maisie, so because uh, he might have let me down pretty severely. Uh, who who let you down in the tipping, Chris? Oh, Mikey Hare. So there's no surprise. <laughs> I threw him a bar earlier in the pod. Um, definitely, he let me down in the tipping. Nice. Well, who is who is your tipping hero then? Um, I, I played the game. I had to. I got Bainey in mind, so that worked out well. Smart. Um, uh, Nathan Parrish could have had a few less strokes over the weekend <laughs> as well. Well, my tipping hero was probably Timmy Bohan because he did well for his rating, uh, which was important. But um, yeah, we might touch more on that before the next tourney. See, uh, see if we can tweak a few people's interests. But yeah, we definitely got big things coming for next year. Spotlight, not lights. Uh, yeah, what do we got? Dazza, you got a spotlight for us? Um, or do you want to come back yeah, to Yeah, no, I think I think I do. Um, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put a spotlight on one guy in MPO. Um, it's not Luke Bain. Uh, I think Austin D'Alessandro like put a bit of a stamp on the weekend, shooting two of the lowest rounds. Uh, Two of the lowest rounds of the weekend, out of two, I think it was two of the lowest three of the weekend were his. Um, so to go, he like let's not we don't have to look about at all the scores, but he, he like he's he's definitely showed Australia that he can shoot him. Uh, his round four on the live coverage was pretty wild. Uh, he Maybe. shot. I don't I don't I I, I, I wasn't keeping tabs on the stats, but like he must have hit C one in regulation. 12 times in a row to start the round and hit nine or 10 of those putts as well. Um, he was playing pretty good golf. So Austin Del Sandro, good on you, man. Nice. That's, yeah, that, that, that's, even that's more a six spotlight. Sorry. I was yeah. just going to say, it's a six spotlight. Round one's the one that does it for me. Like, I haven't had that many thousand rated rounds, but I'll tell you right now, I've never had, nor will I ever have, a thousand rated round that has a triple bogey in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He, um, like, yeah. I saw him walk, uh, at hole 18 of his practice round, 
with <laughs> wild turkey in hand and the frustrated look on his face. And I just couldn't help but to laugh because that's the Austin that I know, that the, the guy who hates his game. <laughs> and uh, I think he proceeded to throw two very rare um, DD3s, first run DD3s or something like that, straight into the drink on hole 18. <laughs> so it's fair to say he wasn't up and about with his round before the uh, day. And then, yeah, comes in with a 1,000 rated round the next day. Uh, and, yeah, just a very great tournament. So, excellent spotlight there, Dazza. Chris? Uh, and my not light, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, sorry. I'll no. do, do you want me to do a not light now? Because I, go, I actually got to start work. So. Yeah, yeah, no, go for <laughs> can it. I, can no, I do, do it? it. Yeah, do it. Uh, do it. The, not light, the not light actually involves Austin as well, a bit obscurely. But uh, he told me that someone found his disc and let him know and put it at TD uh, headquarters. And someone has taken the disc out of the lost and found and kept it. So oh. uh, just 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 let let it be known. The disc golf gods will not be kind to that human being. Uh, and especially given the fact that I know Austin's got some pretty dope older Dismania discs that he's slinging. Uh, whoever the dog dog the boys on that one, not cool. Not cool. Yeah, that's a good that note. Is not, that's, not, that's not kosher, bro. That's not kosher. <laughs> No worries. Oh, well, thanks for your time, Dazza. Enjoy work, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. No worries. Stay up. Cheers, Daz. Stay up. Uh, what do you got for us, Chris? All right. I'll go. We'll go our spotlights each, and then we'll go to our not lights. Sounds good. All right. Um, first of all, I have to just mention a, um, a passionate listener has sent in um, a spotlight. So a special mention spotlight goes to... This is from a league day a couple of weeks ago at Rugby when we were rocked up in the rain after I said on the podcast that you're soft if you don't play in the rain. <laughs> yes. Um, and one of the Melton boys, Penn, rocked up in a full-blown poncho. Um, <laughs> and someone's messaging the podcast at Throllers on Instagram, get around us, Melbourne Throllers on Instagram, and said that that poncho needs to be a spotlight mention. So there it is. Nice. Um, Agreed. Thanks, Aaron, for the uh, shout-out. He shot uh, four down as well, so he did all right. He finished seventh, old Penn. Yes. So. Now, my spotlight is actually the winner of the event, but not, not for being the winner of the event. Luke Bain, if you follow through his link um, on PDGA and you hit upcoming events, you've got from the 2nd of June through to all the way uh, to the 8th of September – where he is playing between Europe and the USA. Um, and he's playing the European Tour events, number one, all the way through to number seven. So that's most of the European Tour. 100% a spotlight, not for the reasons that you're all thinking, for being a mad dog and travelling international, but for just leaving the uh, Aussie competitions alone for a little while and letting someone else have a turn. <laughs> so uh, thank, thanks, baby, uh, for disappearing. Obviously, best of luck, but... Uh, there you go, Austin and Jade and Blake and really like the top the top end of Aussie disc golf right now. Like I feel like there's a few um Stuart McGill's for those cricket cricket nuts out there, there's a few Stuart McGill uh Stuart McGill's in the uh MPO field at the moment, like born into the era of an a thousand rated Australian disc golf uh, disc golfer is just the wrong time to be be a gun disc golfer in Australia. <laughs> bit, unlucky, bit, bit unlucky. But, yeah, good luck to Bainey uh, heading overseas soon. Nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, well, I've got um, a couple honourable mentions. Emma, who absolutely killed it on the FPO coverage. I was super impressed by her. I think uh, out of the four of us that did it, she was by far the best. So good on you there, Emma. Um I enlisted the help of Sam Stoyer to be my Terry Miller, and uh, he was great. He was sending through constant updates, and if we needed something, I could just message him, and he'd go look and tell us where the line was at, and um, that was cool. So, big shout-out to Sam Stoyer. But my actual spotlight was all the people that I stayed with at the accommodation. So, by far, the most fun part of the event was not the actual disc golf, uh, it was the hanging out in the dorms after we were playing weird games on the TV. Uh, we were playing poker and we had a fire pit going and 
Um, it was mint. So large contingent of the SA crew and some Melbourne locals. You know how you all you know who you all are. Bainey, as he was in there as well. So uh, probably a big reason he won. So you're welcome, Bainey. Um, yeah, my spotlight goes to that. All my housemates. Nice work. Good spotlight. All right. Um, I'm I'm scrambling a little bit here. Do you want me to go? A... I got an yeah. all right. Go, go, please go. All right. So we talked about Blake Houston or Blake Houston. Um, some incredible throws. I think you threw 700 meters at the distance comp. Um, only impeded, like, threw as far as you could. The trees and the hill got in the way. We talked about the roller. We talked about another one. Um, hole eight, which is the, the last of the par fours in the middle. One of the shorter par fours. Uh, I saw on coverage that he threw all the way up to that sort of last tree that uh, normally people throw a straight shot hyzer and then sometime, and then they try to throw another hyzer in. And sometimes if you pull it a little too hard, you hit this tree on the right. Um, he hit that on the drive. It was amazing. Uh, I was so impressed. Uh, he's staring at the basket. Proceeds to put his easy layup to like 10 meters, misses the putt, takes a par. And I glance over the scores and he took no birdies for the whole weekend on that hole. Four pars. I took two birdies. Blake, how can you throw it to the pin and you can't get yourself a birdie on that hole? Mate. So that's my that's my not light. Be, yeah, good. Be better, good. Blake. 170 meters hole and you throw 170 meters. Get a birdie. All right, good. I like it. All right, I've got a challenge for you for next potty. My challenge for you next potty you need to not light someone uh, of legal drinking age. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my challenge for you. But that's, that's, an, that's another good not light. I just right. like to go um, after the ones that can't get me back, you know? Yeah, all right. So. <laughs> All right, my not light. Um, again, I've got honourable mention. Uh, again, I've got some feedback coming in from uh, our Instagram channel that I have to mention this not light, and it has to go to Tattletales. Tattletales. Tattletales, dibber-dobbers, snakes in the grass, all of the above. There's, there's, a, there's an eagle amongst us who flies a little lower than the rest, um, and there has been some potential council... Dibble, dibble, dobber action going on. We don't know who, we don't know what, but we smell a rat. And, yes, uh, I that, understand what uh, you're talking about now. Yeah, and um, so that's that's a not, uh, a not light uh, coming in from one of our favoured eagles. I, I won't say who it was, yeah. um, but thank you for that. And then mine, I'm just going to do a little. Um, uh, I'm going to do a little combo of segments. Excellent. My not light goes to Elijah Bickle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, why, yeah, why? You should be asking yourself, why is he copping a not like? Well, we haven't well, done a check-in, and I was pretty sure yeah. it's because he didn't play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't, and his next event, like upcoming events, is not until the 19th of May. What? So, yeah. So, I don't know if he thinks he has a life outside of disc golf or something, <laughs> but... Um, he is my not like. We want to do regular check-ins, Elijah. Get on tour. Um, he's probably studying. He's probably doing something. I don't know what it is. It's less of a priority than playing disc golf and getting shouted out on the throwers. He's so, got that jerky uh, money now. He doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, So, yeah, Elijah cops my not like for the week for sure. Good. I like that. Yeah, no, I can't let that just slide. We, we might have to find – we'll have to look at who our second highest rated – Follower is they can get a shout out until he starts playing disc golf again. I mean, it could be Bainey if you followed us. Could be. <laughs> so if someone's listening to this and like in arm shot of Bainey, give him one. Get him involved. Otherwise, it might be Tim Bohan. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, and like with Bainey going on the t- like European tour, like I'm sure some listeners would like to hear how he's going. But until I see him in that follow list, that ain't happening. No, nah, fair enough. <laughs> <Good deal. laughs> Alright, nice. Well, um, yeah, got anything more for us, Chris? Uh, nah, second half is just starting. Yep. Saints are down at half time, and Port Adelaide look like they're going to run away. So oh, I need boy. to just focus all your focus, energy on that. Focus all my energy on hating the footy for a second. <laughs> no worries. Alright, cool. Thanks for the chat, mate. Um, I'll see everybody later.
Cheers, Alan. Peace out, guys. Uh, check out Thrallers on Instagram. Oh.